I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. So welcome, David, Pastor David, come, and uh, we're going we're gonna to hear the word from, from you this morning. Thank you. Let's give him a warm welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Good morning, church. Oh, yeah, morning. Still morning, aren't we? <laughs> Good morning, church. Um, it's just a delight to, to bring God's word to us this morning. Uh, and I just start with a word of prayer and we just get straight into it, yeah? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for how you just, you know, visited us this morning with your presence already in the morning from the first service and now in this worship. We just felt your presence really just coming through the room. And Lord, this morning as we continue with this service and the preach, may your presence continue to just do what you do best, which is to revive our hearts to this great truth that we are expo I mean, expounding this season. Lord, we don't want it just to be the letter, but we want the spirit behind the letter to transform our lives from one level of glory to the other. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for we pray with thanksgiving and let the church say, believe in amen. amen. So in the Apostle Creed sermon series, today I'll be focusing on the bit that says he ascended into heaven he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Last week, Sean went, took us through why Jesus had to die and be buried and re be resurrected. And this, this, this morning, I'm focusing on he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Why did Jesus have to ascend into heaven? Why? Last week, Sean said he could have written us a letter to, say, to the disciples to say he's gone to heaven. And there, would, there, there was no need for the public display. But why did Jesus have to do that? Because it's been written that he was going to do that. He was going to ascend into heaven. And that was in, in Psalm 68, verse 18. He ascended into heaven. And if you notice, all through Jesus' life and ministry, he fulfilled all the scriptures, all the prophecy that was written about him. He fulfilled to the letter. There was not one that was missing. And that had to be fulfilled as well. And that was why Jesus had to wait for 40 days to show himself like we're going to read in some verses shortly, just to make people know that he actually ascended into heaven. Yeah. Amen. It's so important. I think God didn't want to leave us in, the in doubt that he actually ascended. And that's why it's written into the creed. It's all over the pages of the Bible that he ascended. So never, because any near times, you know, we live in a time where he would challenge the truths. And that's why as a church, we're going through it. Jesus really ascended. 
into heaven. We have more than 500 people that witnessed it in the book of Acts. So he ascended. Our king is in heaven. Amen. Ascension means basically to, to go up. You know, it means to, to rise in the clouds. And Jesus did that. I, I want us to read a couple of, there's something powerful. If, you're, if you don't do this, please, I encourage you to do it. There's something powerful about reading scriptures aloud. You know, when it's been, not, you know, at times you can just read the Bible, but there's something powerful when you read it out, you know, or when it's read over you and you read it out. I encourage you to do that practice on your own. Open the Bible and read it out. There's something powerful about engaging your, your speech and your sense together and just not reading it. So can we do that for this first couple of verses and read it together? Then the rest I'll, I'll read for the sake of time. So the first verse is John 6, 62. It's going to come up on the screen. So let's read it together. Three to go. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? If you want to know what was offending disciples, you can read verse 61 to 60. I mean, verse 48 to 60, when he was saying he's the bread of life. And it was just like too much for them. Anyone that doesn't eat me, it was just too much for them. Let's read the other verse. 20, 16 to 17. Three go. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I have to her. And the last one, this is very powerful. I really want us to read it together, please. Acts 1, verse 1 to 11. Let's read together. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving his chosen disciples further instructions through the Holy Spirit, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the spirit of he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up in the cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As the strange to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, 
Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Right there is another major reason why Jesus had to ascend into heaven. Because he was going to descend in the same way someday. Amen. There's a lot in these verses. There's a lot of great truths. And we don't have time to expound all of them. But it was important. I wanted us to read this truth so that we can be reminded that our king actually ascended. Never let the devil deny you of that truth. He ascended into heaven. Jesus ascended into his pre-incarnate life, a life in unrestricted by anything he created. Because he was God, he's God by himself. So he, need, he went back to where, where he was. I once look at into heaven, you know, he ascended into heaven. What is heaven? Heaven is the endless self-sustaining life of God. In this sense, God always dwelt in heaven, even when there was no earth. Heaven is the self-sustaining life of God. Heaven is a state of angels or men as they share the life of God, whether in the foretaste now or in the fullness thereafter. So when we share in God's way, you know, God's kind of life, because that's what we're going to, that's what we're, we're going to spend the whole of eternity doing, sharing in the God kind of life. Heaven for the Christian is our reward. It's our final hope. It's our treasure. It's an inheritance. We look forward to that day where we'll be with Jesus forever in eternity. Amen. So that's why Jesus ascended to, into heaven because he was in heaven all along before the creation of all things because he's God. Amen. Now, I want to read us a, a scripture and that's 1 John 4, 17. I'm going to read it in two verses. As in, I mean, two translations. The new New Living Translation and the New King James Version. I read 1 John 4, 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. 1 John 4, 17 says, Love has been perfected in the New King James Version among us in this, that we, have, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Now, this is very important because Jesus is in heaven. And we are going to be with him in heaven. It's our final hope. But one of the things that, one of the reasons, which we're going to get to in a minute, why Jesus is in heaven, is so that we can bring God's kingdom from heaven to earth. You remember one of Jesus' prayer in the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, yes, we're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven, but while we are still on this side of eternity, it's so that he can bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That is very important. Because if Jesus, even though he's ascended in heaven, he's in heaven, it's not just for all of us to go to heaven the moment we become born again. Otherwise, the day you become born again will be the day you die and go to heaven. Otherwise, Jesus should have taken all those people with him, 
those 500 that we just read, and taking them to heaven. But you remember in the text we read, he didn't say that. He said, you will receive the power. We'll get to that when we talk about the Holy Spirit and the creed. But basically, he's saying that he's there to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Because his reason. So his reason, and that's, that's exciting. I, I, let me just move on. God's will, reign, rule, ways, principles, approach, being done on earth. You know, when, we, when God's rule and reign, we're bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. Because that's what God wants. He wants, yes, we're going to be with him, the final hope. But he wants us, in the time being while we're here, to rule and reign like he, he is doing. As Christians, we are not only saved to spend eternity with Christ. We are saved to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We can ex experience a foretaste of what we're going to spend the whole of eternity enjoying. Amen. In heaven, there's no sin. In heaven, there's no injustice. In heaven, there's no hatred. There's no unforgiveness. There's no divisions. There are no sicknesses, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. In heaven, there's no disease. There's no pain. That's our final hope. Okay, hallelujah. So no matter what you're going through, be encouraged because... It's, we're going into, we're, we're as far as looking forward to a season where there will be no pain because there's a new heaven. It's, it's, it's a fantastic. Should that should give you hope because it's not, it doesn't just end here. But the beauty about Jesus ascending into heaven is also he allows us to experience a foretaste of no sickness, of no injustice, of no divisions in wherever we are. You remember he said, he said in this world, he says, even though we are in this world, we are not of this world. So we can bring the kingdom of heaven wherever we are. We can bring justice. We can bring peace. Where there's divisions, we can be reconciliations. We can be God's hands and feet to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth as we wait for the final hope. Amen. In heaven, there's joy, there's peace, there's love, there's abundance, there's holiness. So I don't know if you're here this morning and you're struggling oh, with sin and some, some things that are not heaven-like. You know, and you're like, why is this my Christian experience? I want to announce to you this morning, I, I have faith that God wants to call you to the place that he has destined for you. And which is to live as he is. So we are in this world. Amen. I'll move us to he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Why is Jesus sitting at the right hand? The right hand, it's not, it's not necessarily a, a palatial location. It's a regal function. It's a place of authority. This is very important. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, the place of authority to rule and reign. He's gone back to his pre-incarnate form where he's king and supreme overall. Now, Jesus is doing that because that is who he is. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Very important because when we see things happening in the world, oftentimes you almost forget, is Jesus still king? I want to announce to you, he's still the king of kings. He's still the Lord of lords. He's still the one in charge. 
He's still the one that we have the final say. It doesn't matter what is happening around us. So the creed and the Bible is telling us to remember he is ascended into heaven because and seated at the right hand of the throne of God because he is God himself. He's the king of kings. He's the one that has the final authority. He won victory over sin, over death, over demons, and ascended into heaven. Remember when he died, he said, it is finished. It is completed. Your freedom, your deliverance is done. He completed it, then he ascended into heaven to ensure you walk in the reality of it. Not just in the final hope, but also now in the foretaste. This is important. So, Jesus is seated in authority and dominion. So, then why are we his children? If the Bible we just read in 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. If he is a king, we are also kings. If he is a priest, we are also priests. Why, if, if we belong, the child of a king is a king. The child of a dog is a dog. The child of a goat is a goat. We are created in his image. So we can reign as well in, in, on earth as we wait the final hope. We can bring God's kingdom to our various spheres as we wait for the final hope. So it's double, double portion. We can experience it now as a foretaste and also in the final hope. And this is very important so we can remember that. Acts 2.33 says, Now he's exalted to the place of highest honor. In heaven, at God's right hand. That's Jesus. That is where he's in the place of highest honor. 8.34 of Romans says, Who would then condemn us? No one. For Christ just died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Pleading for us. Interceding for us. Another translation says. This one I want us to read together. Ephesians 1, 19-23. Let's go. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and is made in head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. This is what Jesus did. He's seated at the right hand of the Father above rulers, above authorities, above powers, above leaders. That's where Jesus is seated. So be encouraged. When you see chaos in the world, remember he's the one in charge. He's above all rulers, all authorities. Because oftentimes life happens and we forget that and we just bury ourselves in the weeds of, oh, this world is so difficult. We know it's difficult, but Jesus is seated above every of these things. And let's, let's put our focus on Jesus. He is seated. Amen. The scripture says, 1 John 4, 17, I read that earlier. As he is in this world, I mean, as he is, so are we in this world. So if Jesus is seated above powers, above rulers, basically saying Jesus rules and reigns. 
Can I announce to us, church, you might know this already, but just to be reminded, the same way you are also seated above powers, above dominions, above rulers, you are to exercise that dominion. You are to exercise that authority. Because as he is, we are in him. Remember, we are in him. So because we are in him, he is above every of all these powers. We too are above these powers. We need to remember that because if we do, it transforms our Christian life from being a victim and being defeatist to knowing that I'm a king and a ruler seated with Jesus. So I can exercise authority, dominion over systems, structures, powers. I'm not here to just spectate. I'm not here to just say, oh God, please. No, he's giving me the authority positionally because of what Jesus did on the cross. So it changes the way I pray. So I'm praying from the place of the finished work to intercede over nation, over the community, over Reading, over my place of work, to bring God's kingdom there because I am seated with him. It's such a powerful revelation because it changes the way you come boldly to the throne of grace. Because it's not just for yourself. You have positionally were seated with him because that is why he arose, ascended and went into heaven. Amen. We're going to look, uh, because I want us to pray. While I was preparing for this sermon, I just felt God saying he wants to restore us as a church to the place of authority in Christ, the place where we walk in victory and dominion. Because he that the Son sets free, the scripture says, is free indeed. Not where we, every time we're explaining and apologizing and falling to the lies of the devil who keeps condemning us. And robbing us from the fullness of who we are in Christ. So while I was preparing for this prayer, I just felt God would say he wants to commission us again. To walk into the fullness of our authority in him. Do you understand that? To walk in the place where he has placed you. To operate from that place. Because we are seated with him. In heavenly places. Far above. So we are in charge. So most times, God, you will be in a position where you see things that God wants you to do something about. But how many times we say, it's not my business? Many times we just say, it's not my problem. No, it's very much your problem because you have been placed there by God to bring his kingdom. So when you see something that burdens you, it's like, Lord, what am I to do here? I'm a king, I'm in authority here. What am I to do here? And whatever he tells you to do, do it faithfully. Because it has effect. Because you know you're not alone. You are with him in heavenly places. Far above powers, rulers, demons. That's where we are. But what happens? Most times we see it, we check it out. We're like, it's not my problem. I don't even know what is happening. And the heavens are like, that is why you're there. (laughs) That is why you're there to bring the kingdom of heaven there. But if you don't understand where you are seated with Christ, then it becomes very difficult to be able to walk in that confidence and make prayers from that place, intercessions from that place. What's the importance of Jesus' ministry for us? The first one is what I've just been saying. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thank God he has made us captives and continues to lead us along. In Christ's triumphal procession. 
for he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Amen. I love the way the New King James Version puts it. It says, thanks be to God who causes us to triumph always in Christ Jesus. You know when you're playing chess and you're already, the person has already won the game. He knows the, so it's like we're just messing around. He, the chess master knows it, he's, he's won it already. But at times, and that's what Jesus, he's won the victory for us by his death and resurrection on the cross. Whatever the devil is trying to mess around, the outcome is already victory. The outcome is victory. Remember that. That gives you confidence when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You will fear no evil, not because the shadow of death is not difficult, but because you know the outcome is victory. The outcome is, is already settled. It's so it changes the way you go through stuff. Because you're not going through stuff, apologize, oh, why is me? Why? Because he even said in the war, we have tribulations and, for, and, for, and persecution. He said, but be of good chair. I have overcome the world. And you're seated with me. So even when I walk through the valley of the shadow, of, I will fear no evil because I am seated with him. Yeah. There's a final outcome of hope. So even though that is what will happen when I'll spend eternity with him, I can experience a foretaste of it now. So it's victory. The other piece of this verse says, and a sweet perfume. I love it. Spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. You have very good perfumes. When you meet a very good perfume, you know, you just enjoy the aroma. It's, it's so, you can't deny, in fact, a perfume, before you see the person, a good perfume, you can even be perceiving it. I'm not saying overdo it, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that that is how we have to carry God? That people, they can't, they might not have the language to say, oh, this person carries the presence of God. But they, there's something they can't deny about you. Because there's something about the God life that you're sharing that is so profound that they can't explain. But you come to a place, there's, there's, there's disunity, peace comes. You come to a place and people are joyful you know, because you're carrying him. That's what it's about. And that's what, so Jesus is in heaven making sure that we walk in that victory and dominion. Can we exercise it? Can we stop apologizing and stop walking in fear and shame? I don't know. When he's like the king of kings. Say, I died and obtained victory so that you can walk in the fullness of everything. So I don't know. Just while you're seated, just be checking an audit of your life. Am I, where am I? Am I pressing in? And if not, in a minute, Sean and I and a couple of the elders will, will pray and anoint you with oil. That God should remind you of the truths when you're going through difficult times. To remember where you are positionally. Amen. Romans 8.34 says, Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. So he's interceding for us. He intervenes and prays for us. That's what Jesus is doing. So he went to sit at the right hand. Of, it's such a good, Jesus is great. It's amazing. He went through all the stuff on the cross for us. He didn't stop there. He went to the, he ascended and he seated that, making sure that we enter the fullness of what he died and resurrected for by interceding for us. What a privilege. Jesus is interceding for me daily before the Father. He's interceding for you. That should give you joy. 
that should give you an added you know, confidence that I'm not alone. I have my elder brother. You know, he's interceding for me. Jesus, God himself, who is the firstborn of everything, he's interceding for me. That should give you joy. It should give you peace. I'm not a confident person, but I've just learned over the years how to lean on what Jesus has done for me and just walk from that place. And it's transformed and it's transforming my life. And that's what I just want to call us up to. In this season, as we look at the Apostles' Creed, Jesus did all of this so that we can know what he has done and help us as we live in this world to, to, to live in victory, knowing that he's interceding for us. He's our advocate. He's an advocate. That's another thing he's doing while in heaven. You know, he's ascended, seated at the right hand of the Father, advocating for us. He, he publicly recommends and supports us, you know, advocates for us. He represents us before the throne of God. Another thing Jesus is doing in heaven is Hebrews 4.16 says this beautifully. Now we, we say we, we, we are able, so, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That's another thing Jesus is doing. He's, he's, he's ensuring we receive grace to help us in our times of need. So I don't know what times of need you're going to right now. Can you stretch in and receive grace for him? That's why he's in heaven. So you can come boldly to his throne and receive grace to help. I don't know where you're needing help. As we, the ministry time comes in a few minutes, please come on and be prayed for. Share with somebody. And I believe God is going to release, bring help in those areas of needs in Jesus' name. Let the church say, believe in amen. amen. Earlier, I read 1 John 4, 17. I'm going to read it again. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. We live like Jesus here in this world. That's what it's all about. The whole, the Christian faith is being like Jesus here in this world. That's what it's all about. And the, the creed is reminding us about that this morning. The last verse I'm going to read, then we're going to ministry time, is Revelations 5.10. I read it from the New King James Version. It says, And God, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth. He has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign here on earth. One of the things Jesus is doing, why he, why is, so the first point I made is his rule, his king and lord. He's went back to his kingship to rule as a king. Then he's interceding, he's advocating as a priest. So priests advocate, intercedes. Now, this last point I'm making is he has made us as well, kings and priests, to reign on the earth. So Jesus also wants us to rule and reign here on earth like he is in doing in heaven. What does that mean? What does that mean in practical terms? Bring God's, the kingdom of heaven to wherever you find yourself as we wait for the final hope. We're going to pray now, and I'll just share with you I think in, in Isaiah 53, Jesus was talking about 
that he bore our pains, he bore our griefs, and he, he, bore, he went through all those things so that we don't go through it, me paraphrasing it. And I think in my first day in the boarding school in Nigeria, I, I saw that scripture and literally like a childlike faith and said, God, I want to, if you took my pains, you took my disease, I want to experience that in real time. I want to walk in the reality of that. And I extended my faith to receive that. And it was challenged. When I mean challenged, the devil, I, in fact, immediately I made that, I started becoming more sickly and it was horrible, like it's not true. But I stood on the integrity of God's word. And I can tell you, friends, it's almost 30 years of enjoying that promise. Because in heaven, there's no sickness, there's no pain. So I am walking the reality of that. There are other parts of my life that what Jesus obtained for me, I've not seen it yet, but I'm still holding on. I'm believing and trusting because I said something in the first service. What is written is superior to what is happening. What God's word has said is bigger than what you're happening, what you're experiencing. So you have to, the responsibility to believe to choose to believe God, irrespective of what you're experiencing. That's the call of the Christian life. So if Jesus has obtained all of these things for us, choose to believe that and say, I want to experience that. I want to experience the foretaste, the foretaste of heaven. I want to experience it now. That's what the Lord's Prayer was saying. Thy kingdom come. And in every area of your life, don't settle for less. I don't know about you. I'm not ready to settle for less. Jesus said, the works I do, you will do and greater. That's what I want to settle for. That's what I'm, I'm genuinely, I mean that. I'm not just saying because I'm preaching. That's what I'm believing God for. That I want to walk in the fullness of what Jesus died and resurrected for me. That's why he ascended. And that's why he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Christians, it's time for us to stop apologizing for our Christian faith. It's time for us to start, stop being defeatist mindset. Oh, I'm, I'm a slave to sin. You're not a slave to sin. He washed you by his blood. Sin has no dominion over you. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. You can walk into the fullness of this. Stop settling for the lie of the devil that's trying to say it's less. To, to, making you to settle for something that is less than what God has destined for you. Don't agree for it. I'm a living witness that the word of God works and thousands of people all over the world have proven the integrity of these truths. Why would your life be different? Choose to believe, even when you don't understand it. I live with mystery as I preach to you. There's some things I don't understand, but I still choose to believe him. You can't understand everything. We won't. On this side, we won't. But can you still choose to trust him even when you don't understand it? That's the core, the high calling of a Christian faith. We're going to stand up now and pray. I don't know if you're here, you know you're following Jesus. This is a great day to make a decision to follow him. When you come up, just let the person know you're praying, that is going to be praying with you that you want to know Jesus. And um, I'm going to hand over to Sean and Mary. Just come with faith. There's so much more, basically. I don't know if you can see my heart. There's so much more in God that you can enjoy. The Christian life is full of victory. It's, it's not, it shouldn't be shame and pity. and You know, you should hold your head high as the son of the king and take charge and rule. There are times that God has quickened me 
to just wake up and go to, you know, the uh, junction M, the M24, M4, junction, what do you call it? Junction 11, and just be declare, declaring over the red town of Reading, speaking over her. Because I, why am I doing that? You think it's, I have authority in myself? No. It's because I know who I am in him. And he has placed me in this place to bring his kingdom. And I speak into nation. I speak into people that don't know him yet. In your street, do that. It might be in a different shape. He might say, show love of acts of kindness. All this stuff. As you're doing it, do it with intentionality that God has placed me here to be his hands and his feet. As we are waiting for the final hope, let's bring heaven, the kingdom of heaven, to where we are. Sure.